Welcome back to another edition of the NFC. That is the No Further Comments podcast. Yeah, I mix it up a little bit. Hey, hey. I'm your co-host, Alex Meacham, and to my left is the talented Mr. Glenn Riley. Making podcasting great again. It's what we do. <laughs> Week of November 14th, and we're on episode number 13. Before we get into our famous jersey number, number 13, one thing we need to do is shout out our social media. Cool. Just in case somebody wants to get at you. Yeah, yeah. So give them your social media, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. I don't want any of these people getting me, period. No, my IG is um, Glenn Riley Work. Work, 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 work. And so is my Twitter is Glenn Riley Work. And I don't know what my Facebook is. I have a public Facebook. If you type in Glenn Riley, I'm I'm the dude that's not the rugby player nor the guitar player that's named Glenn Riley. (laughs) So... (laughs) <laughs> you're not so react accordingly you're not on snapchat we we discussed this no i, I don't even know no uh, apparently the limitations of snapchat we'll get you there we'll get you there so uh quickly um alex underscore meacham on instagram and twitter i am on snapchat big meach 41 and on facebook just alex meacham that's, that's alex meacham there's it, only one it's just a it's just a public account so, 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 ladies, if you want to slide in the DM, he, he, he's wide open. It goes down. <laughs> All right. Episode number 13, we want to talk about famous players' jerseys that are number 13. Let's start with baseball, Glenn. Nobody. No. Um, A-Rod for the Yankees. Um, Ozzie Guillen. Controversial manager, once of the the world champion White Sox. Yep. Uh, who else we got? Um, Dave Concepcion. Yes. The great um, Cincinnati Reds, big red machine, shortstop of the seventies and and th- through the mid eighties. Was probably my favorite player when I was growing up. Nineteen year career with the Reds. Wow. What could be said? Now, Dave Concepcion and um, Ozzy are both from Venezuela. Okay. And I believe that um, with with Dave Concepcion wearing number 13 and influenced Ozzy. Okay. That was an homage. Yep. Cool. Anybody else in baseball? Nah. I've got one. Okay. Someone I talked about earlier in a podcast from the past. That's Blue Moon Odom. The pitcher. That's right. The pitcher from the Oakland A's back in the day, the World Series. He's the guy that got in a fight with Raleigh Fingers, one of the best mustaches in the game. He got in a fight with him before the World Series in 1974. <laughs> During the fight, he sprained an ankle and Raleigh Fingers had to get six stitches. Okay. Before the game. And also in 1972, Blue Moon Odom was shot twice, <laughs> stopping a robbery. He's a hero. At his neighbor's house. I keep hoping that, that somehow he's related to Lamar Odom. But but we Blue Moon Odom might, might be uh, have a Kardashian link. I sure hope so. All right, basketball. Uh, the great Will Chamberlain, Walter Stilt, and current day great James Harden. Yep. Who who will likely finish ahead of um of <laughs> <laughs> Paul George of Paul George in the MVP voting. Mario's Paul George. Yeah. PG thirteen. PG thirteen. Marketing. While we're on 13. Uh, 
James Harden, Kardashian. Which Kardashian did he go out with? Uh, I guess Chloe. Okay. S- same one as Lamar. <laughs> All right. Anybody else? Mm, Mark Jackson. Mark Jackson, right? Yeah. Yep, yep. Uh, that's all I got for you. I wore number 13 at Roger Bacon. Oh, that doesn't count. Only four away games. Okay. Home, I What's wore number 12. With that? I don't know. Just, just I, have, I have no idea. Parochial school. Home, I'm 12. Away, I'm 13. Now, explain to me, Glenn. A lot of people say number 13 is unlucky. Yeah. Why, why is that? Well, I'll tell you why. <laughs> <laughs> the answer is be- apparently um, 12 kept coming up. So... There are 12 months of the year. There are 12 nights at a round table. Um, Jesus had 12 apostles. And there were so many instances of like people choosing 12 that people got in their head, apparently, that 13 was a number to be avoided and henceforth bad luck. Interesting. Yeah. All right. But it wasn't bad luck for football's Dan Marino. That's right. And or Cincinnati Bengal great. Ken Riley, who possibly I may have gotten fired from his Texas, his Florida A&M um, athletic director's wait, job. Wait, 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 wait. You got him fired or possibly? Possibly. All right. I, I need to know why. Explain this. Well, for years, connoisseurs of, of historically black colleges and universities, HBCUs, will know that the Florida A&M Rattlers had perhaps the worst logo in Collegiate athletics. It was a snakehead that could have been taken out of a 1940s dictionary. It was just a snakehead drawn by whatever. It was just horrible. Okay. And we were in discussions. Me and a former business partner of mine had a hookup down there, and I redesigned their logo, and it was it was dope. And there had been correspondence between him and Ken Riley. And at some point, Ken Riley um, refused to pay for the work. And somehow his boss found out about it. And it was a he said, she said situation. But on our side, we had the emails to prove it. And right when this is going down the very day, I'm watching ESPN and the scroll on the screen comes past that. That Ken Riley has been dismissed as the Florida Head <laughs> Athletic Director, and, and I'll forever think I had something to do with that. And Ken Riley was a you're proud of w- that. W- well, I like Ken Riley because my last name is Riley, and right. my sister uh, when she played basketball for like a year at Walnut Hills wore number thirteen. So Ken Riley was was essentially part of the family, and we we, we hated to get him fired, but you know <laughs> the, the the money comes first. Oh, not to be confused with local rapper. Yeah, K. Riley. K. Riley. K. Riley with the with the with the dance hall as well. That's another podcast. Yeah, you said Don Marino, Dan Marino. Excuse me. His middle name was Constantine, and actually, I that was that. supposed to be his first name. And guess what? What? He's from Pennsylvania, home of Johnny Unitas, whose middle name is Constantine. Really? That that's a fast fact from a, from from a NFL Films episode long ago. Wow. Yeah. I retained now, I retained that information. That's good. Now Dan Marino has a love child, right? With one of the uh CBS reporters. I didn't I didn't know about this. Yeah. Yeah. He has a love child. How dare you? Yeah. Dare, do not skewer the name of Dan Marino. <laughs> Who else do we have in football? Mm, Odell Beckham. Yep. Junior. 
who who put up put on quite a quite a move on 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 Pac Man on, on Monday night. Yeah, probably the the most exciting player in NFL right now. Yep. Uh that's about it. Um, you know, like now the the receivers are rocking the team numbers. You couldn't do that uh, maybe ten years ago. Um Fred Belitnikoff. No, what Fred Belitnikoff? I don't know what his number was. Um Don Maynard was the guy I was thinking of for the Jets. That was um What year was that? Joe Namath key go, receiver. You go too far back. This is probably this is the late sixties, early seventies. Okay. But, but I'm yeah, lost. Yeah, Don Don Maynard was was, was cold. Yeah, I'm lost on that. You're forgetting one. Who's that? Kurt Warner. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. I mean, the story. Oh, that that's that's crazy. Yeah, um, was bagging groceries, and injury happens to uh, Trent Green, and he's in, and 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 never looks back. That's probably the most amazing Super Bowl run there there's been as yeah. far as a team that was not on the books at all to win a title, and. Within like two or three weeks, they were just dominant. Right. I mean, it, it was like, what is this and where did this come from? And it's funny because a friend of mine, her um, husband actually played for that team, and that was kind of crazy. Okay. And it was a trip because like maybe – Who was that? Uh, the, uh, his name was Ron Carpenter. He played locally. Okay. Um, and it was funny because like maybe the year afterwards, he didn't play for the team. And if you know um, – if you're like – Paid the league minimum every time you advance another round of Super Bowl. That's another check. Uh-huh. So you you know, for somebody who's like getting league minimum, that's like lick. Like yeah. you gotta get like like an extra hundred twenty five or whatever. So like maybe the year afterwards, um, he was no longer playing for him. I think he was in like maybe the Arena League. And I was asked, I was like, so do you still root for the Rams? And her response was, hell yeah, them MS pay for this house. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's segue right into NFL. We have the Week 10 leaders in the AFC East. We have the Pats at 7-2. and two. Yep. In the AFC North, we have the Ravens at 5-4. and four. And your Cincinnati Bengals are 3-5-1. and one. Never forget the one. I- I've forgotten the, the one. The, the, last- Lon- the London one. <laughs> Lost to the Giants on Monday Night Football. Um, I hear a lot of people calling for Marvin Lewis's head. Do, I, do you? What do you think? Do you agree with that? Nah. Keep Marvin Lewis. May as well. I mean, he's been to the playoffs every year, except you know, probably this year they won't make it. But I don't know. I think there's value. There's something to be said for continuity. Yeah. Well, the uh, the Steelers are four and five. Big Ben has some uh, comments okay. that the uh, the team was very undisciplined at the time. Okay. So uh, <laughs> said for from a man with multiple sexual assault charges. That's your guy. You you love Big Ben. I love to see him hurt. I know you do. In the AFC South, the Texans are six and three. In the AFC West, the Chiefs are seven and two. The Raiders are seven and two, and the Broncos are seven and three. Moving along to the NFC, the NFC East, the Cowboys are eight and one. Looks like they're pretty for real. Yeah, and and shout out to um, the Cowboys who finally went on record as saying to Dax the 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 yeah. um, and we'll get to this later. But shout out to Tony Romo who loses his job this week, but also is the beneficiary of the last great Fife Dog Sports reference. <laughs> so so it's, it's it's a bittersweet week for for. 
for so, Tony Romo. So do they trade him? Uh, I think there's something on in the contract that's more beneficial to do it in the off season and not this year. I don't, I don't know how okay. how it works as far as the the cap hit and what you you've got to ingest. But I mean, you can't have the backup quarterback being the most the highest paid player on your team. Right. And some people said when he was when Romo was giving his speech when he came back on, hey, you know, Dak's the starting quarterback. Some people thought that Romo was thinking about retirement. Okay. Well, I mean, he's got you, the money and and. and Jerry Jones loves him like a son, apparently. So I mean, he yeah, he, he he's he's locked into the fortune. If there's anyone th- that that um I would like to be um <laughs> to view me as a son, oh yeah, J- Jerry Jones is high upon that list, no doubt. Mario, your Eagles, they're in last place at five and four. Now you've got the Eagles fleece on today, <laughs> right? So so what what are your thoughts? They started off in first place. Now they're in last. What's going on, Mario? What did I what did I say at the beginning of the season? I said seven and nine, eight and eight, right? I don't remember. I don't, I don't yeah, know. I, I'm, I, <laughs> we I, didn't I, write it you, down. You, you, they started three and zero. I mean, I'm a strong advocate of you know what I mean the rebuilding process. I understand what that means. I'm not mad at it. I you mean, you it, did. It I, will, I will give you credit, Mario. You did say that at the beginning of the year when they were three and zero. You said you weren't hyped about it. Yeah. You knew that it might not last. I'll yeah. give you that credit. All right, moving along. And then to see North, we have the Lions at five and four. Vikings five and four. Okay. And if see South, the Falcons are six and four. And if see West. So much parody. I know, right? Yeah, I mean, I, I don't even know if any of these teams are good. Like if you just it's just a coin flip. Like if the Bengals were to play the Falcons, what would that game be like? Eh, come down to the fourth quarter. Right. Like that, that you know, were, were the Bengals any worse than the Redskins the game they tied? No, they tied. Were the Bengals any worse than than the Giants? Like is that was basically a, a a tie game as well. So I mean, you know, you just flip a coin. Yeah. Well, rounding it out in the NFC West, the Seahawks looking are good. Six and four. And that ends our NFL talk. And and one thing I want to do next episode and and I wanna talk a lot about college basketball and we'll we'll save it. For then, I, I've been to a couple college basketball games here, Glenn. I've been to some Cincinnati Bearcat games. Okay. Recently, it was at the Wright State um, uh, Miami Oxford game. All right. Uh, this was Tuesday night. Great game. Great. Where was this at? Was Miami or this uh, was at Wright State? Okay. The Nutter Center. The Nutter Center. <laughs> it's actually a cool. It's actually a cool arena to yeah. watch basketball, in my opinion. The okay. La- and I told somebody. Um, I think. I was there last year for a game, for a basketball game, and prior to that, the last time I was in the Nutter Center was for the Prince concert. Oh, wow. Yeah. Some, I think, 16 years ago. Okay. I've been there once. My um, cousin, she graduated from Wright State. I like that mall up there. I, I hit up there maybe every Which mall? couple of years. There's a mall like like right down the street from Wright State that is pretty decent. You love malls. I love malls. I'm Mr. Mall. Ball till you fall. I mean, I just go to the mall and and just 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 chill. I mean, I feel like it's something that that um they're like eradicating malls. I read something there hasn't been a, a new enclosed mall built in um America since like two thousand seven. Like the I don't know if the whole internet thing is going away. Yeah, I have, I have a lot of um views on malls <laughs> that that would that would that would that would ruin this podcast <laughs> if we we just let me me ramble. 
All right, so uh, next next episode we're going to jump into college uh, basketball, but for this episode we're going to talk a little bit more about college football week 11. I'm going to give you the playoff rankings. Oh, things went down this weekend. They went down. So here are the playoff rankings. Yep. Number one, Alabama. Number two, Ohio State. Number two, OSU. Number three, Mario's Michigan Wolverines. Number four, Clemson. And number five, Louisville. And coming in number six is Washington, and number seven is Wisconsin. Yeah. Give me some thoughts. Well, the the Ohio State-Michigan thing sorts itself out. So it's kind of weird that they're both in there because even whoever's number five, as long as they went out, they're going to get in because the loser of, of – I'm willing to say – it's a loser leaves town match. Okay. <laughs> so, I mean, obviously, you're not going to get two losses and be in the top four. So, so that, that sorts itself out. Michigan lost on a last second field goal in Iowa, m- much to my delight. Mario, any, any thoughts on your Michigan Wolverines? Look, I said earlier that day on Twitter, Michigan may lose that game. And they end up losing that game. You said that before they played. Yes, I did. On okay. Twitter. You can go check my tweets. I, I will. I will. What's because your what's your Twitter handle? Mario at Mario Duramus. And that's D E R A M U S. And the reason that I said that, Michigan lost four out of the last five times that they played them before that. Yeah, but they they've been crap those and, years. And it was at Iowa. Yeah. So and Iowa Iowa's defense is actually not that bad. Okay, now now Michigan's at uh, they play Indiana this yeah. weekend, right? They're gonna yeah. win that. Yeah, they will. Okay, Ohio State is at Michigan State. Glenn, yeah, will they win that? Yeah, I think so. Okay, so that sets it up for next week, <laughs> week thirteen, the big showdown. Now I was listening to uh, some things this morning. Penn State did Michigan ver- injure their quarterback and yeah, will Spaces injured? Yeah, Space is done for the year. Oh man, so there you have it. There you go. So, so Mario built an excuse. Next man up. Who's yeah. the ne- who's the next man up, Mario? He didn't announce the starter yet. Okay, so that 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 does sound encouraging. He could. I could go out there and play quarterback. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It's the system. <laughs> the quarter, so you hear Systems this. Systems win games. You hear this. Quarterbacks don't matter. Systems win games. So why was this guy starting if he if he if, if the next man is just Will as good? Spate, all right. So let me let me ask you this. What did you think of Jake Rudock? Exactly. What do you mean? What, what think, did you think? All right. So what did you think of Jake Rudock when he was the quarterback? Not as good as Wilton Spath has what been do you this think, year. What do you think about Wilton Spath as a quarterback? His very I think, fir- I think he's been, been been pretty decent this year. I think he's a pro prospect. I think he's huge. The guy's like six seven. It doesn't matter. He's still not that great. He's a mediocre quarterback. In no, a great no, mediocre system. is not the not the word. He's a mediocre quarterback in a great. That system. Is, that is harsh words for for your player. I, I don't care if he if he plays for. Oh, I guess if Ju- Julius Peppers is just a, a a mediocre. Not Julius Peppers, but uh, Jabril Peppers. He, he's just no. Next he's man a great up. player. Don't, next don't man up. Compare the two. Don't compare the two at all. I don't know. We shall see. Hey, speaking of quarterbacks, uh, quickly, I want to highlight someone. Miami Oxford's football team. Okay, I've got to say this. The beginning of the season, they lost their first six football games. Uh-huh. Okay, in the season before that, uh, I can't remember how many games they won. Maybe one or two. Their quarterback went down; he got hurt. Gus Raglan, local quarterback from Moeller High School, okay, steps in. He wins the next five football games. For maybe Miami. maybe Michigan should get get Gus Raglan. <laughs> 
Now, if if they win versus Ball State, uh, I believe they play. Um, I'm not sure if they play Saturday or they play the Tuesday night game. I'm not sure, but that'll be six in a row. I mean, Mo, I mean, Miami has not won like back to back football games in years. They no, won well. five in a row. So he's the king of the campus. No, he, he he's like Gus is a lot like Tebow. When he was at, at Moeller, he played. Football. He's a virgin. He played. <laughs> I'm not gonna speak on that. He played uh, football. <laughs> Baseball and basketball. Okay. Winning like multiple state championships. Uh-huh. It's crazy. But anyway, moving along. Systems uh, win, not not people. I'm going to say <laughs> my Gators. My Gators are 5-2 and two in the SEC East, 7-2 and two overall, and big game this weekend at LSU. Okay. Ultimately, they're going to. That, that's, that's, that, that's that game that they, they've been messing around with the um, scheduling and, and LSU is being, being – um, Jerks about the the rescheduling. Oh, big time! Yeah, big time. Well, my uh, my Bearcats really quickly. They're uh, they're struggling. One and five in the AAC, the American Conference. They're four and six overall. They play actually tomorrow night. I'll be at that game. They play Memphis. That's the that's the African American Conference. (laughs) (laughs) Tommy Tuberville, the Bearcats uh, head coach. A lot of people calling for his head. He's on the hot seat. Yeah, he was on radio. I think it was yesterday on his radio uh, show, and um, he was calling out a lot of local media. That's right. Did you hear that, Mario? He called out Mario on the Sports Paragon. <laughs> <laughs> so you can you can you can get to stepping. He, he's very upset about people being critical of him, and, and it's bizarre to me. Some of the comments that he made, uh-huh. he said he's never seen or heard anything like he's what he's hearing now in this city. With the criticism towards him and his football team, I'm like, this guy's been in the game for a yeah, while. He was at Auburn. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, but he said, I've never heard anything like this. Well, Cincinnati people are horrible. <laughs> let's just Cincinnati fans. Let's just go, go on the record as that. But I mean, I think it's a weird thing because I think the university sees themselves as a program on the come up, and all the coaches were kind of like up and comers right. that they had gotten, and then you get this guy who has been to the mountaintop in a in a you know a tier 1 school like Auburn and now it's like you're getting this retread and it's like people don't see the growth with him and i mean i don't know i mean i think he i thought he was he was a darn i mean he, he had Alabama on the ropes like like that's why yeah. they got Saban because right. cause, you know and then then in short order they realize oh i guess Alabama's back to being the dominant you know, team in the rivalry, and and you know they had to move on. But I don't know. I, f- I feel bad for him because I think um, UC probably has unrealistic expectations. But whatever. Well, I mean, you go from from Brian Kelly, who yeah. arguably had one of the best seasons in 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 history, and, well, that's, and one that's of the, inarguably, yeah, yeah. Well, some people will tell you that, whatever. But um, and it's going to be interesting to see what happens to him. His buyout is uh, one point five million, um, I believe, after December first. That's five kids' tuitions. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's move on to the NBA. All right. So in the East, the Cavs are nine and two, and the Hawks are nine and two. You have any thoughts? I mean, well, we know the know the the, the Cavs going to be good. I don't. I don't know what to make of Atlanta thus far. I'm I'm never I'm never excited about Atlanta the the, the Hawks even though they beat the Cavs. Yeah. Now uh, LeBron and, and company sat out versus the Pacers uh, last night. 
I know a lot of people that went to that game. They they drove to Indiana and they were salty. <laughs> they were. Did they win? Uh, the uh, I think the Cavs. No, the Cavs lost. Okay, the Cavs lost. I believe the Bulls. My Chicago Bulls mm-hmm. are seven and four. Okay, uh, like I've I've been on record saying I'm not excited about this this Bulls team. How can you be? The Sixers are in last place in the East at two and nine. Are you still trusting the process, Glenn? Yeah. I, I, well, I mean, you only have um, you know tell tell your boy gets back. I can't really Ben Simmons. Yeah, yeah. I can't really. I'm a fan of his judge. Well, I mean, he's a rookie, so even when he comes back, it's not just kind of changed the record. I mean, I don't understand why people don't realize you have to have unless you're just genius picking cats like San Antonio is, and you can get you know your Tony Parkers and your Kawhi Leonard's in the second half of the first round, you've got to have lottery picks in order to blow up and you've yeah. got to, you know, get lucky. So, I mean, there's no shame in, in, in being an awful team. Once again, you had Ben Simmons. I don't know who, who's considered to be the, the top dude this year, Harry Giles or whomever. And, you know, you just keep adding parts, you know, cause you need, you need at least two yeah. stars to, to win. And you look at like Wiggins, and Carl Anthony Towns, and that that looks like that's really starting to to come together nicely. There's a good piece on um, on Carl Towns talking about how he's changing the position. Okay, there's a nice ESPN did a nice story, and I saw uh, that earlier today. Yeah, yeah, it's it's a pretty it's a pretty good story. I mean, Carl Towns is I mean he's crazy man. Just the, the things he can do, and I saw that during the pre NBA workouts. Yeah. Just him handling the basketball like a guard. It's so weird because he, cause he, he looks like he would be awkward. And, yeah. he, and he's. Have you n- seen his feet? Yeah. Yeah. Like, you know, mo- most players who are like, you know, have. I mean, obviously, if you're tall, you have big feet. But I mean, he looks like he would just be like, like this dude wouldn't have the coordination. Right. Like, like, like you, someone like Roy Hibbert, who, like, okay, like Roy Hibbert looks right. like, oh, this guy might be, be struggling, like be kind of goofy with it. Yeah. And then you see Roy Hibbert, and it's like, yeah, and he is goofy with it. And then, like, Carl Towns looks like he'd be the same way. And it's just like, like a, like smooth, like, like, wow. Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. No doubt. So, um, in the West, the Clippers are at the top at 10 and 2. Are they for F- real, man? Fool's gold. I know Chris Paul is your boy, but but yep. but you know when when the going gets rough, you know what happens? Chris Paul starts yelling at people and <laughs> punching nuts. <laughs> Golden State's nine and two. The Spurs are nine and three. Yeah, it's the Warriors to lose. The Lakers are the, seven and the five. baby Lakers are. People in LA are so excited about this Lakers team. They've got young, and I, you know, I'm a, I'm a D'Angelo Russell fan. Yeah, I like D'Angelo Russell. Plus, he'll, 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 he'll put his teammates on blast if they, if they. <laughs> I'm, gonna tell you what. I'm gonna tell you the difference between D'Angelo Russell when he entered the league and where he is now, and I'm gonna take this to Ben Simmons as well. D'Angelo Russell is playing very calm right now. Okay. I think when he entered the league, he I, was, he was uptight. He I'll was tell you the difference. Fast. Uh, Kobe Bryant's not on the team. <laughs> that's the difference. That has something to do with that it. But, a, that has a lot to do with it. But with Ben Simmons, since the day he entered the league, he has played so calm. That's what I've been very, very impressed with, You know, obviously before he got hurt. Yeah. I, and I think that's what's going to make him a very good pro. The Pelicans are 2-10. and 10. Yeah, that's um, that's a situation right there. They, they should have they been able to provide Anthony Davis with a little bit more by now. Some people were tweeting that, um, and this is 
media people were, were tweeting that they should trade Anthony Davis, and I thought that was just oh, that's, that's crazy. Yeah, there was well, that stuff going around. Well, I mean, if 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 you think Anthony Davis isn't going to re up with you, but everybody re ups that first time because you can't get the the numbers aren't don't don't work out good until like the next contract. So you yeah when you you know. Ten million dollars makes a big difference when you not not made, you know, like you know, contracts now are just silly. Oh, I crazy. mean, like 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 uh, um, a business partner. He's he's cool with uh, you know, with the Tykes. One well, the 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 investors is uh, Gary Harris. Okay, and we were just always tripping. Like, man, Gary Harris is like you know, like like he he's doing well. Like he's starting. Like you know, what I'm saying, yeah. like, like he's gonna be in line for a real payday. Like. Psh- it's gonna have like a hundred million or so. It's crazy. Well, well, think about this. Think about OJ Mayo, who's who's been banned from the league. Oh, but he did he miss out? Oh, he would have made a killing. And like, he and he's been he's been average. Like if you're like the fourth best starter on a team, and you're say like twenty four years old, you would have been in line for like okay, you're a solid, you're you're a contributing player. You're gonna get like a forty million dollar contract. Uh huh. Now you're gonna get like an eighty five million dollar contract. Crazy. It's just gonna be be out of town. Michael Conley, Michael, the highest paid player. If he's the highest paid player in the league, I just I just assume he's the best. Yeah. My, Michael Michael Conley is, is, is the dominant force. When you go into a, a game, you say, "What are we gonna do with Michael Conley?" Has he ever played in an All Star game? I'm not sure. Answer is no. Oh wow. <laughs> That's crazy. Like I always say, man, Greg Oden, just as many All-Star games as Mike Conley, just as many rings as Kevin Durant. I stand by the pick. <laughs> Let's talk about some of the NBA leaders really quickly. Okay. DeRozan is leading the league in scoring at 33 points a game. Westbrook is second at 32. Okay. Mario, can we get a quick Paul George update? I think he's averaging like 22 points a game. Okay. Oh, man, that doesn't sound like MVP numbers at all. It's November. <laughs> What's the record? Just so everybody knows, Mario's one of his picks to win MVP of the NBA this year is Paul George. And who was the other one? Westbrook. But the, the bet is for if, if Paul George has to be first or second in the MVP balling. It's November. What is their record? Nobody ever won or lost. We, what is their the record? MVP you can normally see these MVPs coming just, pretty soon. Then they just win last night. <laughs> Uh, when LeBron sits down, it don't matter. Well, what's they, the record? They still had to play. What's their record? Do you know what the record is? Was it seven and four? Okay, that doesn't sound like an MVP record. It's November. <laughs> okay, we, we, we'll just keep revisiting this. By the way, um, November twenty sixth in Charlotte, Tykes Night. All right, we'll be giving out free Tykes T shirts to 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 all in attendance. <laughs> Leading the league in assist is James Harden James. at thirteen. And Westbrook is at ten. Man, it sounds like those two guys might be ahead of Paul George in the MVP batting, but it's early. It's November. It's November. I think LeBron would be ahead too, right? It's November. Wouldn't Kyrie be ahead? I so think if, Steph if, what, and what if, what Durant. If James Harden got injured tomorrow. Well, what if what if um, the world ends tomorrow? What if what if a nuclear bomb hit? Then hit? nobody's winning MVP if that happens. Well, then you win your bet. <laughs> and that, that, that's the that's the best case scenario. Leading the league in rebounds is Whiteside at 15. Hassan. Where is DeMarcus Cousins, Mario? I believe he's averaging like 12. He just had 26 okay. and 17 the other night. Okay. And six assists. Okay. Let's talk about it. Leading the league in blocks, Anthony Davis at three. Do we have uh, Cousins anywhere 
in that combo? Nope. Okay. We're wasting our time talking about cousins. <laughs> Let's get to He's Trump. He's still a top 10 player. <laughs> All right. Hey, quickly as we transition, I want to dedicate this show uh, to a good friend of mine who lives in uh, Los Angeles, California. His name is Ishmael, and um, in <clears throat> I think it was July, right around his birthday, um, he went in and to the doctor, and they found cancer on his liver, and he's uh, quickly deteriorated, and he's in hospice right now. Uh, he's kind of day to day, and so I know he's a big fan of you know all our conversations. He's listened to the podcast, so uh, I'm going to dedicate this show yeah, yeah. to my guy Ish out Praise there in LA. Up. So with that being said, we need to talk about one of the hottest topics going, and that is the election of Donald J. Trump. Glenn, what happened? The analytics got this one wrong. <laughs> they sure did. They sure did. Uh, At th- what point did you go, oh, man? Well, I was well-versed on the states that, that Hillary needed to win, and I was really kind of looking forward to her not winning Ohio, but why is that? So that we would be less um, affected with the um, the um, campaign commercials every four years, because Ohio was considered the swing state. Whoever wins Ohio was won the presidency, going back to slavery. <laughs> 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 you had to bring up slavery, <laughs> <laughs> but but uh, it be, but it's, it goes back to like like the fifties or the forties or something. So we just get heavily targeted, like we're we're considered yeah. like the swing state of swing states. I think us in Florida, okay, going back to college football. It, and when you saw that she wasn't winning in Ohio, we figured, okay, well she's got Michigan, she's got Pennsylvania, she's got essentially Hillary effed up in the Big Ten. <laughs> and, and 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 Wisconsin was was the, the yeah. dagger. It was like what? Right. Yeah. Were you shocked? Oh, I wouldn't say I was shocked because you knew it was a possibility. I mean, and plus the news goes in waves, so it's not like like someone just you know it'd be different if you knew nothing and then you woke up in the morning like and Donald Trump wins. It's like no, like it it comes in gradually. Like okay. And they had like a site, uh, five thirty eight, the one, uh-huh. and it, it, they literally would like update the percentages like as you go on. So it's like, okay, it's um, they entered the day with like a sixty six chance her six sixty six percent chance for winning, and then it was like, in short order, like down like fifty two, and it's like, uh oh, right, yeah. So, so what what do you think? Oh, look at all the things that Donald Trump said along the way to the election. You know, between his Twitter. It's you know, amazing. The wall. I mean, just all the things he said. And, and by the way, saw a great interview last night. Okay. Megan Kelly from Fox News okay. was on Anderson Cooper's show on CNN. Fascinating interview. Uh-huh. Um, you know, I, I've watched her before on Fox. You know, I disagree with some of her political, but she, uh, very impressive okay. um, to, to hear the interview. And she talked about the things that went on behind closed doors with Donald Trump. And she okay. has a book coming out, and she describes some of those things. And the way that he and his staff treated her and threatened her yeah, was insane. It's crazy. But, I mean, at the end of the day, I blame women for not backing a historic candidate. I yeah. mean, 
What, why is it, why did that happen? Because women hate women. No, I mean, I don't know. You you'd have to ask women, and, and primarily, I mean, like you know, like 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 black women voted for Hillary in record numbers. Okay. It was like like ninety five five or something like mm-hmm. that. So we're looking at white women who Hillary is, and you would think that they would kind of know something about the glass ceiling, and like would say, okay. I don't think she's being treated fair. And I mean, I don't think you can make a case that, you know, like there's such a, a deal now in the media with you have to be balanced. Uh-huh. And the problem is, with that is we can't be balanced when when the two things we're comparing aren't balanced. So you can't say, let's talk about the negative aspects of the Patriots. Now let's talk about the negative aspects of the Browns. Mm-hmm. Well, if one team is winless we can't give 50%, you know, talk of, of, of their wrongs and their flaws as opposed to the team that's actually, you know, doing pretty good. Mm-hmm. And that's what it got into. I mean, you got people over 50 talking about an email server who know zero. I would love to get a, a, a Wisconsin farmer in here to tell me about um, the intricacies of, of a federal email server. <laughs> Do you think the email scandal did her in? I think the um Comey coming out towards the in the last weeks when when the momentum was on I, I think people basically are equally divided Republicans and Democrats. But a lot of Republicans said like look, Trump is a different animal. I don't really want to deal with this guy because he's saying some things that I obviously can't, you know, have a good feeling backing. But once the thing came out about Hillary, it kind of said, okay, it, w- it was almost as if um, that was the, the final score on the board and people kind of went with that and, you know, said, okay, you know, here again. But I mean, my problem was it, it was only the emails. It wasn't like there was ever a second scandal. Like, if you don't like her policy, fine. But you're not going to jail. And and they elevated that on 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 the right as if Hillary Clinton had, had, had committed war crimes. Right. I mean, it's email. Yeah. I mean, like, it's just crazy. We're talking about practice. <laughs> well, one of the things that Donald Trump recently said, he, he said that Facebook and Twitter was that that was a big reason why he won the election. Well, I'm sure it will. Here's what I think is going down in America, that I was I personally was waiting to gloat at people who disagree with me on the election uh-huh. come Wednesday. And I'm sure there are people that yeah. same way who, who with me. And I think that is kind of what we've got going down, that 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 we're not even we just want our, our team to win. And regardless of, of whether or not your team is qualified, you still want your team to, to be successful. And it's really crazy, like, you know, on the progressive side, because people are so nuanced. And after having eight years of Obama, I think this side was spoiled. And they're kind of like saying, well, gee, I don't know. Like, I'd rather I mean, I would almost compare it to um, like. Like Little Caesars, they make two pizzas. They make pepperoni and they make cheese. And you, you, you go up to the door 
and it's hot. Th- th- yeah, and these are your choices. It's simplistic. You don't have right. to now. The other pizzeria is they're they're experimenting with all the toppings, and God knows what you're gonna get. Right. But the conservative side, they're just going. They're just they're just running the ball straight up the middle. And so you comparing them to Little Caesars Pizza? Yeah, I'm com- I'm comparing the the the. Okay, for example, if you are liberal, you're for say pro-choice, pro-gay marriage. You're not telling someone they have to get gay married. You're not telling somebody they have to have an abortion. You're saying you have the choice. But that's a nuanced opinion. And it's different from the people who just say, no, you can't have the choice. This is God tells me you can't do this. And that's a lot more simplistic and it's easier for people to get hyped about that. Like it's tough for people to get hyped about a pizza when you got 50 choices right but, but you can't get hyped oh no this is the best pizza right little caesar's Dewey's, and, and, Dewey's and, is the best pizza yeah but but no you're you're, you're missing the point by picking a, another pizza <laughs> i'm saying i'm saying it, it's very easy to have one position that never changes because you're just saying no i'm not with abortion period end of story yeah gay marriage that's effed up period well, end of story here's go ahead no and i'm just saying the 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 nuanced positions of liberals, you don't get the same fervor on that side until you actually take a loss. Like you see people riding in the streets and everything and protesting and it's like, yeah, well, where's that fervor on 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 um, Monday evening as opposed to Wednesday morning? Sure. Which I want to talk a little bit about the protests here in a second. But one of the things that did bother me was the conservative conversation in regards to how someone needs to act when they're when they're a president prior to Trump. Yeah. That conversation totally shifted. Oh, it's so hypocritical. It, it, very hypocritical because if you look at it, and I, and I talked about Facebook and Twitter, as Trump said, helped him win the election. Some of the things that he was tweeting, just imagine if Obama was to speak like that prior to his election. Yeah. And, and he had to be he had to be more than perfect to win that election. Yeah, and, and that's the thing that I think it really highlights the, and I hate to just say, like, oh, it's people are racist or whatever, but a a woman could not have done what Trump did and get within 5,000 feet of the presidency. No way. And Obama, yes, Obama got to be president, but Obama had to be so exceptional. There was not a, a ex-girlfriend that we found out that was, was rogue and had something to say about him. Uh, he had to graduate from Harvard, which is literally the number one college in America mm-hmm. in law school. You had to have, you know, be married with two children. I mean, you almost had to have a, a, a spotless background to be eligible for this deal. I mean, you had to be you had to be tall. You had to, to be handsome. You had to be biracial. There's so many things that you had to be. Um, and he was that. Yeah, that 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 it was almost out of central casting. I mean, you, you could not be handsome. You couldn't have facial hair, probably. You yeah. had to nail all of these things. And then you have Donald Trump, who whose basic credentials is that he's rich and that he had a talk show. And I mean, I'm not denying that the guy has been successful. And I don't even think he believes half the things that he says. Uh, no. But But it's just on some stuff like if you can get away with all the things he got away with, you can't act as if you're the the party of morality anymore. Right, that, and that and that's my point. Well, let, let me ask you this. 
If you're a conservative, okay, Glenn, take a take a step back. If you're a conservative and you do not you did not like Obama's policies. I'm conservative with this money. You you did not like <laughs> Obama's policies and you don't want any part of Hillary's policies, but you want what Donald Trump's offering policy-wise, but his rhetoric is so crazy, you 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 overlook that. Now, as a conservative, let's say you're a conservative, Glenn, do you have a problem with looking past with with, with the conservatives that oh, look I don't, yeah, past? I don't have a problem with them looking past it. I I guess to a point, I, I have a problem. But but I mean, my thing is when you don't bring up the social issues when it comes to Obama. Don't don't bring up. Oh, he's hanging out with Jay Z. Jay Z raps about drugs, it, and, and it's, it's things no like doubt. that 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 like I never um argue about you know people's like personal lives when when you're you know in office like I don't care I mean as long as it, you know it's not not you know a crime mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying like like I don't really care about you know Trump cursing and and things of that nature I'm just saying you can't make that argument against a liberal if you're not willing to make you can't if if, if Donald Trump has been divorced twice and I take it it's because he had had affairs. Right. And Donald Trump has said crazy things about, you know, sexualizing even his own daughter. That's just like like things that you 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 would you would at least say that's creepy. Right. And if a Democratic candidate would say that, you would you would call them on the carpet so quick and cite that as the reason why they shouldn't be in office. Now, that that extends beyond policy. And if you're strictly on policy, Fine, you always have a leg to stand on. But what's so funny is I question, like I said, I don't think think Trump is really a conservative. Yeah. And it's gonna be interesting because I often wonder, you don't really, you know, conservative, do you really dislike um universal health care or do you not want it to work because it's called Obamacare and he would get credit for that? Are you really against um, infrastructure and rebuilding bridges and the roads of America or do you just dislike it because if it works Obama would get credit for that and I'm seeing early on that looks like a number of policies that Obama had Trump is going to have and Republicans are going to back it and they're going to say oh look it works you know like, like, like Trump got all this stuff done that Obama couldn't it's like yeah you got it done because you were blocking the previous guy right. from doing something and people um, I was just watching a PBS special um, the other night, and it was kind of like talk about just like, like social progress, like racial, like since Martin Luther King, and people act like there was always this um, like honeymoon period in which people said, okay, that battle's been fought, it's full steam ahead for ten or fifteen years before we say, oh, that might be too much. But like all this stuff is constantly fought against. Obama came in; he's had eight years of the toughest opposition a president could stand for. And then you say, Oh, it's been eight years. And what has he done for me? <laughs> it's like, well, yeah. Like, you know, what could I do for you? If, if, if you keep voting people who are stopping me from doing it. Well, one of the things that's happening is after Trump got elected, there've been protests all over the country. Yeah. And matter of fact, I don't know if you've seen this, but on social media it just came up today, or at least I saw it for the first time today. There are these new viral videos in which people are saying, Trump is coming, 
is called the Trump is Coming Challenge. Okay. And, you know, there's kids in schools, just people out, and someone yells, Trump is coming, and just, like, herds of people take off running and dropping and dropping stuff. Oh, wow. It's pretty funny. Like, one of them is they're doing the mannequin challenge. Okay. And then somebody goes, Trump is coming, and they just run. Oh, wow. So, so you've got all this stuff going on. And, and by the way, as I, as I mentioned the social media with the um, Trump is coming, right now there's two things on the Internet. The Joe Biden memes, <laughs> those are killing me. I can't get enough of those. And I can't get enough of the videos of the uh, uh, the grandmother. The What's it called? The uh, you, uh, Where she's singing. You know what I'm talking about? What's it called, Mario? Shirley Caesar? No, the uh, you name it. The you name it challenge. Yeah, Shirley Caesar. Yeah. The uh, Reverend Shirley Caesar. That, that's, that's been one of the best videos in a long time okay. well the memes are, are going i mean you know you, you got this um the 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 dark kermit mirror that, that that's 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 been, s- been shooting up the last couple of days as well i saw that I, I saw that i'm trying to get into it because i didn't find some of them funny and i'm like well, what am i missing here yeah it's basically you talking to your yourself right yeah i mean some are funny but i, I don't know it's the weekend memes, people. Yeah, I, I, I love those. But the Joe Biden memes are, are, are really, really good. But yeah. So um, as we talk about these protests, back back to the protest, and you said something. I wonder, do these people that are protesting, did they vote? And why, <laughs> did, why didn't they protest on, on you know the night before? Well, I know Colin Kaepernick didn't, didn't vote. Yeah. That's yeah. Uh, I don't get it. I mean, hopefully everyone who protested voted. But- I don't I just don't like the the um the post game activism as you will. Right. That you're doing all this beforehand. If you really thought Trump was this objectionable, why aren't you having it's almost as if, oh, I didn't realize he had a chance to win. It's like, yeah, everyone always has a chance to win. Like that's why he's a major party candidate. Right. The, you have two of them. Those are the only people who will win this election you know do what you got to do but don't you know it, it's it's so silly and you had the millennials who were like well i'm just upset that bernie's not on there and it's like well, well bernie made a comment bernie said that they need to review the process and that the electoral college might need to go what are your thoughts on that i think it should go but it's not going to go because the small states have to be or aren't going you have to ratify it by i think like three-fourths like uh, of the states have to. So you're not going to get 35 states to say we're getting rid of a process because like, yeah, California, Texas, Florida, the bigger states would want to want to dismiss it. But small states become pivotal and you get their, you know, elected officials. It's almost like saying, well, why Iowa and New Hampshire should move their primaries um, back towards Super Tuesday. So, you know, but it's like no one, no one intentionally makes moves that limit their influence. Right. So I think it's, I don't even, I don't understand what sense it makes because why are we, you know, the, the thought is always that um, you're winning a big state by a small amount and you're winning a small state by a huge amount, but you, you electorally, you know, you're, you're, you're dominant. So like say I won Florida by one vote. But I lost Rhode Island by five thousand. Well, obviously, I would be up electorally by a huge amount. 
But in popular vote, I'd be down like 4,998. You know what I'm saying? So it's, it's silly. Well, no matter what, Trump won. He's our president. And the conservatives have said, give Trump a chance. And you're hearing that. And and they say, and, and I can respect them on that because they gave Obama nothing but chances. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> it's insane. And they said, you know, we gave we gave Obama a chance. You didn't see us protesting. <laughs> Who's us? You you you. Yeah, the, the I don't see the senators protesting now. Yeah, you didn't. Your people didn't protest because you're, you're first of all your people aren't in major cities. <laughs> right. For for, but yeah, I mean, come on, like 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 like. They, I mean, Mitch McConnell said on record, I mean, that was the deal. Like, you, you, even if this is the feeling and behind closed doors, this is your game plan. I mean, obviously, no party's going to roll over and just say you have carte blanche to do what you want to do. But, I mean, it's pretty, like, like I said, it, it's the whole side is so dogmatic that I, it's, it almost feels like, like, I feel like there's more liberal people in the country than conservative but damn if you can galvanize them i mean you got you got to almost pick somebody out of central casting to 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 get the job done well well, what what do democrats need to do moving forward so in in four years nominate dwayne johnson the rock yep that's 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 the only way that's the next one what about will smith possibly he said if, if he said before the election if trump wins he said i might have to step in there (laughs) <laughs> I mean, but that that what's so crazy is though that I feel like we're in an age now in which celebrities have to run for for president because we're so driven by social media and we're yeah. so driven by um kind of like it's almost like rap battles like 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 how you win a debate and just mm-hmm. things of that nature, and people are like literally Hillary is not personally likable in the sense that a lot of people would would find her charismatic and you know that shouldn't be a disqualifier for being president when you're as qualified as she is but you know it's like i said it's like a job interview and she just you know the other dude just just brought more flair to the table and it's it's, it's, yeah it's it's sad you think trump's changed the game uh yeah, I mean, cause well, the game is ever evolving. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. A- 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 as as the faulty data proved, like you know, I mean, from a, from a standpoint of people without political backgrounds getting involved in, and making a good run, and in some cases, it's unprecedented. It. He's the only president ever who was not either um, had politi- served in political office previously or served in um, a military capacity. Mm-hmm. So. You know, you or I, man, we're, we're, we, we, we can run for president now. We're right there. So what do you think about this team that, that Trump is building? So hashtag Team Trump. He's has, he, he, he put some questionable people in place. Well, Bannon is, is, is the, the big one. I mean. Okay. Tell me, tell me about him. Well, he was um, to run Breitbart. And Breitbart is the alt-right, um, in parentheses, uh, bunny ear parentheses, racist. Um <laughs> home of like so many of just like the the wildest rumors about hillary and obama and a lot of times it's not really um you know it's not fact check it's just just falsehoods you're just just putting 
anything that someone says can somehow find its way. And, and you know, the the most right 15 percent, that's kind of like their their online Bible of just like the news as they see it. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if he's doing that to somehow placate that faction, but I mean, you know, if, if you just go through Breitbart, you can you can find in 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 ten minutes ten things that would would disqualify someone from being on a cabinet position. Yeah. But, well, what what do you think about the, the some of the other selections, and what do you think moving forward the, the people here he's going to select? Well, I mean, it's it's almost a complete unknown. Like like you know, Christie somehow didn't make the cut after being. Um, you know, one of his, his key um, supporters, they're talking about Giuliani, who who seemed like a kind of a decent dude when he was in office. But Man, since, since then, I mean, he's just like like he's turned like, into like the Count Martian. Dracula. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's like whatever. So I saw him on I think it was uh, it, it was CNN. I can't remember whose show it was on CNN and just. He's just, really just, just loathsome. I mean, you, you I'm like, come on, of man. people who 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 right now feel just like hateable you're just kind of like you know like giuliani like really and i mean you know that, that's that's and just from, a big middle finger and to, from being to, being from new york yeah that, that's kind of bizarre some I, I mean just some of the things he said i'm like you're in one of the most diverse yeah. diverse cities in, in our country oh no doubt and 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 that's why i really wonder like what this presidency is going to be because trump like all of the places that he wants to hang out are, you know, Trump's not going to um, spend his vacation in Nebraska. Right. Like you're going to be on the coast in which everyone, at least ideologically, hates you. Yeah. And this is where you got. So, you know, when you return home to Manhattan, this is what you're going to be surrounded by. And I can't help but wonder you know, what was this going to be like? You know, is he going to be like kind of a Bloomberg? Like, okay, I'm a Republican, but I'm super left for Republicans because I've got to, you know, I've got to live around liberal people who are going to despise me forever in all the places I want to be be chilling at if I go as right as I, I promised. Well, if Trump ever wants to vacation in Cincinnati, he can vacation at the old Swift and Common Village Apartments. Okay. That was the first million dollars he ever made. He had a $500,000 investment he made into the, the foreclosed Swift and Common Village okay. here in Cincinnati and turned that and flipped that into his first million dollars okay. here in the Natty, in the black community. It's a lot you can do with um, a half a million dollar yeah, investment. Right? <laughs> that your dad gives you. Yeah. You could, you could also just put it in a mutual fund and wait 10 years. You well, get the same amount. Four years, do you think he'll get reelected? I didn't think Bush would get reelected, but he did. So there's always that. It really depends on who we put up there. Because, I mean, like Kerry wasn't really. I mean, you almost have to. I think you have to put somebody who looks young, who, you know, like, like uh, you know, Julian Castro from, yeah, yeah. from San Antonio. Or, they got to grab the people. Yeah. you just, you, I mean, you, you hate to say this, but you go about this as if you're casting a movie. Yeah. And you say, who would be the leading man and or woman to lead this and that people aren't going to like inherently reject? Like if Hillary somehow could have run for president as the exact person she is, but she would say 45 years old, mm -hmm. she wins because she at least 
visually looks fresh and new right. as opposed to Trump. But the fact that she's in her 70s now, even though she's she's younger than, than Trump is, it's just not the visual of, you know, like, like Obama looked like something new. Yeah. And I think going forward, in order to attract the amount of youth and the amount of minorities that are going to be the primary Democratic constituency, you almost have to brand it like, here's something fresh and new. And it's so crazy because... You know, we grew up at a time in which nobody was, you know, politicians were politicians. They were all just old white men and just kind of like, you know, take your pick. You know what I'm saying? It mm-hmm. was it was. And now and like like no one was, was was like there hadn't been a handsome politician since like JFK. And like now this is like a real thing you have to look at. Like, OK, well, whose family looks good? You know what I'm saying? Like, oh, I don't know. Is, is his wife attractive? You know what I'm saying? Like, how, how do the kids look? And it's like, almost like you're picking um, someone, you know, from a, a J.C. Penney's catalog. Right. Like, like you said, casting. Well, Donald Trump grew up in Queens, New York, which segues into one of my favorite groups of all time who started in Queens, New York, and that's A Tribe Called Quest. Now, last episode... We talked a little bit about Tribe, did the life of Fife Dog, and, and we've ventured away from our theme this week as far as you know picking a person and doing their life as the theme of our episode. But Tribe Call Quest just released their sixth studio album, We Got It From Here, Thank You For Your Service, a 16-song uh, LP, Volume 1 and Volume 2. And Glenn, I'm here to tell you... Fire. Absolute fire. I, I thought it was a classic. Yeah. I'm, 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 and you just picked it up on CD. You heard it before, but you just bought the CD. Yeah, and, because and, you have and, to hear the CD. And not to go off on a tangent, but um, CD jewel cases, the worst product in America for the past twenty five years. If it drops, it breaks. There's no question about that. And they've had what a quarter of a century to 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 get this this better going. I'm. I'm 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 hard pressed to draw a line in the sand, but um, yeah, I, I picked up. Um, I mean, I'm just I'm just digging it, man. Like it, it was such a high bar to meet as far as could this group that was beloved in the '90s wait 18 years? I mean, you think of like, I mean, if if you had a child the day the 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 last Tribe album dropped, they would be graduating college. <laughs> I mean. Yeah. I mean, I think we know what 18 years is, but that that that's that's crazy. Right, right. Yeah. I mean, and I I loved it from from start to finish. And I told you this earlier as we were coming in the studio. The more and more I listen to it, you hear some of the the fine details. And I think Q-Tip did a great job. I was even reading an article in which it said that Q-Tip played a lot of the instruments okay. that you hear on the album, like a lot of the bass lines and things he played live. Oh, okay. So there was a lot of live instrumentation done on the album. And, and and you and you mentioned this before in the last episode that you were concerned with how this album would sound prior to it coming out. It's like, yeah, I'm a little nervous that it won't sound very good. Yeah, yeah. I mean, well, you have so many rappers who are still in the game from like a long time ago, but by no means are they putting out their best work or or music that can can easily um fill in the catalog from what they first had like you know like their their most like obvious contemporaries are de la soul who just released the album maybe a month ago which is is solid in its own right but 
it's such a far departure from Three Feet High and Rising and yeah. De La Soul is Dead. I, I listened to that album, Glenn, and I, I just... It's, it, it's, it's not what you want it to nope. be. And especially with them doing a GoFundMe page for that De La Soul album. Yeah. You know, it's like the people wanted something. I felt like they didn't give people what they wanted. They, I don't they did know what why they, they don't... Do. Yeah, like, like I don't understand how that album would have been any different if they just made it. I don't know what the GoFundMe aspect... And it's not a bad album. And I like a lot of the... You know, I thought the the beats were cool. I don't... But... What made like the early Daylight albums, if you haven't heard these joints and, and not to veer off too far from Tribe, but their first two albums with Prince Paul um, at the helm used so many samples and were quirky. And these guys would come up with rhyme schemes to match these beats. And you're just like, this is just so dope. Like a case can be made. It's the best hip hop that was ever produced. And for whatever reason, either they couldn't or they refused to make music in that same vein and and and, I, and I'm forever salty about it. Did you happen to, to see this week the BET special called Thank You Obama? Yeah. I I was I was going to put that that if you had told me in 1988 that um that De La Soul would be performing Buddy at the White House for a black president, I would I would have um <laughs> I would have genuinely so, been shocked. No way. Yeah. That's, I, I, that's I thought, crazy. Yeah, I thought that was great, but but even more so, Bell Biv DeVoe performed Poison, and it, what was so cool about that was the crowd. I mean, it was a it was, it was a packed house. Everyone was singing every word to Poison. That that's insane. I told I you, loved I, it. I was at um <laughs> at uh, IKEA, and they played. I, I thought it was me. Yeah, Bell Biv DeVoe's at IKEA. I love Bell Biv DeVoe. And something's wrong with Ricky Bell's voice. That's a shame. Recently, I've seen a couple of <laughs> How live dare performances. You? He no, but he won't. He won't hit the notes like he used to. I mean, listen. If you hear, <laughs> I, I love Bell Biv DeVoe. I love the song Poison. I think Poison's one of the great timeless songs. When people listen to Poison, there's certain things that they want to hear. If you're there live, you want to hear at the end Ricky Bell do his. Uh-huh. Yeah, he, he doesn't he, do that anymore. He can't hit that note anymore. He did it. He did it for like, like he went uh, and he stopped. And he's done that like the last four or five live performances. <laughs> you're, still, you're starting to be concerned. I'm concerned. Uh, I, I need that back. Oh man, I don't know why someone hasn't sampled that yet. Uh, that that needs to that's, be done. That, that's the idea right there. It is. Uh, so so anyway, so so back to tribe call quest. What songs really like like just moved you? Uh, well, I think we the people it, it, is no doubt is. Ex- I mean, just just in in this climate, you know, po- post Trump, that that that's that's that was probably the first thing that felt. Re- I mean, even though it was made before that, I think it was definitely made during the climate of the election. Mm-hmm. So that almost feels like a a direct shot. And then um, Black Spasmodic, I thought was the, My the, the, the the best song on on the album. Did, did did you did you wonder while listening to the album the time frame in which they made this album? Yeah, I, I, I would never. I mean, I guess at some point they will be in interviews and have to reveal this, but it always, you know, I was always saying like, why, why don't people continue record making music throughout, almost like what Prince would do or somebody, and then you just pick the best song. So like. I mean, I would be. I certainly don't think they they started making this album in 1999. You know, right? So, I mean, I assume it was within the last few years. But I always often thought, like, okay, what if you wrote a rhyme every day? 
like you wrote whatever eight like, eight bars, sixteen bars, like and, I do, <laughs> and then at the end of the month or say at the end of the week, you you take your 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 best lines and you sharpen them up and you you kind of put the best of the best together, and you do that every week, and okay. by the end of the the month, you just have like okay, I've got just like you know sixteen super hot bars, and then you condense that yeah into like three bars. And same thing with a producer. And you're just making beats every day. You know, say you make 12 beats in a month. But, you know, at the end of the month, what's your very best beat? And then you got Mm -hmm. your rapper who did the same thing. At the end of the year, how could you not have 12 just blaze songs? Yeah. It it blows my mind that any, I mean, I'm pressed to make an album just to, to, to see if my theory's right. Do you need me on the track? I might I might have to include you on a track. Uh-huh. <laughs> I was gonna do that. <laughs> so Alex's famous ride. I'm 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 taking it all in stride like Theo. <laughs> <laughs> that, that that that's it. That's a shot back from the '90s. Speaking of that, for for from the time the first album came out, Tribe Called Quest's first album, so now it's been 27 years. And one of the members we've never heard rap for 27 years. That's ins- that, that, up until this album, and that is Jerobi White. Jerobi White is the MVP of this week. We finally heard him rap. So, so, so let me just put this in perspective. When the first album came out, he was in. Uh, I think they said he was in over 13 videos with Tribe Called Quest. And then he went off to culinary school, but no one ever heard him rap until this album. Or, or speak and it was good. Yeah, he, he, they they said that. It th- that might be the most amazing thing to ever happen in rap that you basically have a group that includes four people. Obviously, one dude is the DJ, so you're not expecting him to rap. Two dudes who are rappers, and one dude whose contribution is essentially unknown. Like right. we we don't know if he if he's um at best he's just Fife's best friend. Right. That's, that's kind of like like what he, and even from the. The documentary Beats Rise of the Life that um um Michael. Yeah, Rappaport did um maybe four years Where ago. Where's he from? He's from New York, but what 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 borough do you know? I think he's from Brooklyn. Okay. Yeah. He's either from Brooklyn or Manhattan. Okay. But um like there's no um it's never revealed what exactly he does. And then on this album, he comes in rapping and he's dope. Yeah. And what's so crazy is this has been like slay, like this is Tribe Called Quest sixth album and their last album because that that's what the length of their contract was they still owed like jive records this album actually yeah. and he may never rap again do do you really think that this is their last album i, I well, when somebody dies that always changes like like whether or not you know what i'm saying but but at the same time i mean we've seen big and and uh, and and Pac passed, and they've had a lot of material that that was never released. And then shortly thereafter was released, and people were excited about that. But the the, the success of this album, and, and a lot of people mm-hmm. absolutely is critically acclaimed. People love this album. With all the success they're getting, I'm sure they were nervous about releasing this. But does that make them go? You know what? We we might need to put something else out. I hope they do. I don't know how they feel about continuing under the same name when they're not. You know, when when you lose a member, like you know, the, the Beatles could have. There's always talk with the Beatles make you know reunite and do an album. Yeah, and had John Lennon lived, I think you could make a case that that you know perhaps they would have. Uh-huh. But you know, it, it's such a. I mean, I don't know. Like they 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 
John Lennon was alive for 12 years after the Beatles disbanded and they didn't. So who's to say, but it's weird because, you know, you, you had in like the nineties in which you had like, you had like these crews in which you had like the leading rapper and then you had like the secondary rapper and like, you know, like, like Cypress Hill or naughty by nature. You had like a cat that was like clearly like Vinny. Yeah, Vin Rock and, and Sindog were were the lesser uh, mm-hmm. between Tretch and and Be Real, and Fife was clearly the lesser rapper on the first Tribe album, People's Instinctive Past. But then he was like equal partner afterwards. So you know, under the first deal, like Q Tip was always you know did the production. A lot of people thought Shahid did the production. I think because he's yeah. a DJ. So obviously Q-Tip is a larger percentage of the group than Fife is, but I don't know. I mean, does Jerobi place replace Fife since Fife didn't, you know, Jerobi never rhymed and now I mean, and now he is. Like so maybe that that's the thing that that's yeah, for that's, the future. I mean, you still have uh Fife's, you know, probably a catalog of his lyrics where they can put that over top of some beats. Yeah. But, well, I mean, that could be extra songs, but no one wants the whole album of of, of rehash rhymes you know what i'm saying no i'm talking about stuff they just never released yeah but i mean but that's gonna be old you know what i'm saying it's gonna be older yeah because he does make some of his lyrics are very current to that particular yeah time. like you can't he's, be he's making very... making like 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 football references to like, like right like what was going like like like, yeah, when, yeah. like when peyton's hitting harrison well here, here's something interesting I was, I was just thinking about this as you were talking so i've met q-tip uh-huh um i saw fife in New York City. Um, I didn't see Ali Shaheed Muhammad. My buddy did. He saw him in L.A. at a cafe. I've met De La Soul okay. when they did the concert here at the uh, University of Cincinnati. Yep. had a chance to talk with all all three of those guys. You I named think, your rabbit after Paz. That's right. I have a pet rabbit named Pasta Noose after De La Soul, one of their their lead rappers. I've never met. I got I got to I got to find a way to close out the native tongue group here. I got to meet the Jungle Brothers. So so you you've met Black Sheep? <laughs> I've uh no, I've not met Black Sheep. It's weird because Or Latifah. I want to meet yeah. Latifah. There are people who are who are in in like they're like the native tongue like distant cousins that are still considered native tongue, but yeah. I don't consider like like core native tongue is Jungle Brothers, De La Soul, Tribe Call Quest, Queen Latifah, Moni Love. And black sheep, money in the middle, and then she, she doesn't like that. And um, I do. And um, Chi Ali, yeah, he was in jail for a while. Yeah, yeah, he, he's out now, right? Yeah, he's out. He, yeah, he's, he's good. I thought black sheep should have had a better career than what they did. Yeah, I don't know what 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 went wrong, but um, like me, me and a friend were talking about. Well, I mean, what happened? I think that Mr. Long wanted to rap more, and and nobody else wanted that. Yeah, and I mean, if if you don't have it's weird to say like a group basically had like uh, twelve songs in them, and then they never could be. But yeah, I mean the '90s was a time in which you know, Souls of Mischief, you know, probably have like nine albums out now. But the first one was the dopest, and everything else is just kind of like you know, yeah, everything else um, combined isn't as good as the first one. The Far Side had. Arguably, Kanye West's favorite album is mm-hmm. "Bizarre Ride to the Far Side." Yeah, Lab Cap in California was pretty good. It was good, but it wasn't. It did. It didn't do what that did. Yeah, and 
and then afterwards. So they basically like a two album career as far as the prominence that we 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 wanted from them. And it, it's it's crazy. Like I never know what to make of like why do people fall off? And that's a whole other thing. We 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 need to talk about that West Coast movement with the souls of mischief, casual, yeah, uh, Del the funky homo sapien. <laughs> casual thought he was so dope. Oh, I loved casual. Like <laughs> casual. I, I, I would still play casual to this day. But let's let's jump in as you mentioned albums. Let's talk about let's rank the top six Tribe Call Quest albums of all time. Glenn, you're up. I have a hard time with this one because I, I really go back and forth between um, I think most people like the low end theory. Th- though I've been hearing a lot of people giving it up for, for Midnight Marauders. But first I give it to um, People's Instinctive Path as number one. That, that's that's my, my entry point. Um, I didn't like it as much when I first heard it. It wasn't immediate though I like some of the songs but I've really come around to that. Like it's such a a, a intimate album of just like like just the style that Tip was rapping. I mean, if you get a chance to listen to to, to Luck of Lucy in, I mean, mm-hmm. it is it, 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 it's the perfect song where you're just, you're just 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 by yourself in in, in your apartment mm-hmm. and and you're and you're drunk and you've just murdered a drifter by the railroad tracks. And second, I would Wait, go what? to um, what just happened. Second, I would I would say Low End Theory. Third, I'm putting the new one. Okay. I'm putting that ahead of, of Midnight Marauders. Okay. Uh, fifth, um, Beats, Rhymes, and Life. And sixth, um, The Love Moment. Okay. The Jordan 15s, as you said, <laughs> of, 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 of Tribe Call. No one likes The Love Moment. We, we had a long discussion about The lo- Love Movement, uh, me and my best friend Norm and, and, yeah. and, 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 and Kyle from uh, – from the five D's, and we we were, we were discussing um a Facebook discussion. Yeah, and and ultimately all all, all Facebook discussions with these people lead to um <laughs> lead to, to 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 our friend Aaron who who would who would uh, uh quote unquote borrow um Ralph Lauren and Polo Gear in the nineties, and we would never see it again. The Jerobi of the Queen City, as you said. That his contribution is he made you um value um your 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 merchandise <laughs> let me give you my top six tribe call quest albums i'm yep. going with number one midnight marauders um and I, and i will say this that the the time that that album came out the space that i was mentally in that album just hit home i don't think i understood the first two albums mm-hmm. for the age i was but midnight marauders just hit home award tour is still my favorite tribe call quest song of all time okay number two low end Number three, as you had, as you had, uh, we got it from here, and and we just don't know where that's going to end up. You know that album, we got it from here. Even though it's new, it might grow. Yeah, yeah. And and it could end up at a higher position for me. Um, number four, your number one, people's instinctive. Number five, beats, rhymes, and life. And, and, and one thing with that beat, beats, rhymes, and life album was it was such an. I made this comment on there. It was such a minimalistic album. I did like that about it. The hop is my jam. Okay, that's still up there as one of my yeah. my favorite tribes tribe songs. Doom, doom, doom. What album was um was that on Beat, Beast Rhymes Life? That drifting forth suddenly. Drifting. Yeah, yeah. That's that, that, was on Beast that might Life. be my favorite tri- tribe song. With at the end of um at the end of um the the documentary. That's what they kicked that on, and it's yeah. it's so dope. Yeah, like, I, I love that track. 
the 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 minimalistic sound on that that album I really liked. Uh, and, and number six, I think everybody's number six, the love movement. The love movement. Yeah, it it, it wasn't what the people the wanted. The unloved movement. Yeah, it it just. I mean, there were some songs on there that were that were decent, but just just not the album that uh, I think the fans wanted to get. It, yeah, it, it was like. It, it wasn't terrible, but the the other ones were just, I think, and it felt so like good. like people had kind of moved on, like you know, Midnight Marauders was probably the most anticipated album that they had because Low End Theory had been so so good, almost surprisingly mm-hmm. so, and so like when Midnight Marauders came out, like people were it was people were literally waiting at midnight for it. Yeah, and I think you could I, another case for best tribe song is. Um, is um, electric relaxation? Oh yeah, great song. Yeah. I mean, there's so there's so there's so many. And if I you mean, ever meet a girl who ha- has has a conscious vibe to her, tell her <laughs> if if I was working at the club, you would not pay. And and and, and if she's um, over the age of thirty eight, you, you're it's a winner. Trust me. Well, hey, I'd be wrong. Pro tips. If, I'd be wrong if I did not bring up the fact that Try performed on Saturday Night Live, and Dave Chappelle also made his return. He had a great monologue, and I thought he knocked it out with some great skits. We also saw Chris Rock. The comeback of some greats. It was it was it was like long hiatus return week on Saturday Night Live. Right. That was that was a bizarre episode. I mean, just because of of like you didn't know what to expect post Trump. The Kate McKinnon um, yeah dedication to the late Leonard Cohen w- w- was was remarkable. It's like okay, we're, we're suddenly somber. Or, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and then like a lot of the skits and and the monologue. Talk, you talk, we gotta talk about the monologue. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he was he was still still has his fastball. Yeah, yeah. And I was tripping out like I was listening to um, another um, podcast, um, the Watch on the Ringer, and they were talking about the um, Chris Rock um, guest appearance and the skit in which um, basically you had like like white liberals looking at the election result and were like really surprised. And like Chris Rock and Dave Chappelle being like, like yeah, we 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 know like this yeah. is this is no surprise right. at all because the ultimate privilege is to still be shocked. Well, in in, in Chappelle's opening monologue, he dropped the N word like he oh was yeah, like he was, it was crazy. He was dropping it like James Harden is dropping assist. <laughs> I mean, they said that maybe. Did he hit double figures on the episode? I don't know. It was it was around it, it, in my mind I'm thinking it was around 7 or 8. Well, I was a little numb to it because, you know, sometimes you have to remember that you're watching, you know, NBC yeah. versus, you know, watching the, you know, Comedy Central or something. Yeah, and yeah. for for a second I kind of lost track of 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 what I was watching. Oh, I've long been numb to it. <laughs> <laughs> but but you consciously think when yeah. you hear it and you see it on NBC, you see the NBC logo, it's like, wait a minute, I'm not supposed to hear that word. Oh, it's right crazy. Now. Like well well a lot of the um um previous things have been kind of knocked down. Like you could say the B word on, on, on yeah. Pri- I mean I rarely see it used as in like uh, uh, like like a pimp would call his, 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 yeah, yeah, his yeah. girl a pee. right? But like you, you obviously hear it like a woman calling a woman. Like, and I, I've seen like even on a um, Parks and Recreation episode, like uh-huh. a man called a woman, like like in in the way that you would you would you know say it and get slapped, and and that's essentially what <laughs> happened. He said it, and, like <laughs> the dude, dude's boyfriend, um, punster or whatever. But like that's 
you know what I'm saying? Like like I mean, I don't know. I I I'm 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 probably more pro curse word than than than, than anyone you know. <laughs> yeah. So Well let me ask you this. With 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 seeing Chappelle, with seeing Chris Rock, Chris Rock's still in the public eye and seeing yeah. Tribe Call Quest come back and, and being the times are what they are with Trump being elected and just all the controversy. Um, it, it seems to me that a Chappelle return is what we need. A Tribe Call Quest return is what we need. And sometimes times like this bring out great music, bring out great art. We've seen yeah. that in the past. Yeah, I think this is going. We're, we're probably going going to have like a, a lightweight artistic renaissance in America. And it's really strange because no matter who's the president, I don't know how much our lives change. But your your sense of America changes. Like in the past eight years, I think people have felt like, okay, I mean, if police weren't killing unarmed black men, I think we'd almost have a a you know, almost like a a utopian viewpoint of like how the world is. Like you would really feel like good about America. You'd be like, okay, you know, like we we've had legitimate things which we can point to as like real progress and Obama like being like the 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 primary symbol of that but now like with Trump you feel like okay there's a for real like opposition to progressive thought and artists seem to overwhelmingly be you know super left wing it's going to be interesting what that you know creates in the next you know, four or eight years because, you know, like often felt like public enemy lost its relevance when like the Clinton administration came in. Uh-huh. Like public enemy was, was, was felt like vital under a, you know, the Reagan administration, which, which most black people viewed as, as hostile towards them. Right. Reaganomics. One day, one day people need to check out Reagan's, um, resistance to um shunning south africa i mean it is shameful like if, if people always you know republicans give it up to reagan like like he's you know was just a dude and wonder what black if you if you see they had a documentary about um called what's the word johannesburg and it's basically had like a five-part episode of how apartheid eventually got knocked down and and it, it is amongst the most shameful things. Like literally all of the Republican Congress was like, Reagan, why are we boycotting South Africa? And he's like, no, th- there are there are allies and we went. And it, it was like it got to the point that they just had to like like overrule him. And it was like he, he never did. He never he never admitted it. It was it was so shameful. It, yeah. It's crazy. I hate Ronald Reagan. <laughs> You don't even get on Ronald Reagan Highway. I don't even. You avoid it. Th- that's the, that that that's the that was his his number only con- contribution to the world I live in. That and honoring Michael Jackson. Well, I want to segue right now and to talk about something that's been buzzing on Twitter. Okay, it's been on Instagram as well. It's always a bad 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 way to start anything. Conor McGregor, UFC star. Just won the other night his UFC match against Alvarez. Was he boxing? <laughs> no. Well, partly, yes. Yeah, okay. And he's had a little back and forth with Floyd Money Mayweather before. Well. And recently, 
Um, you know, they've talked about fighting. This was some time ago, maybe earlier this year. But things started to really heat up when a video surfaced. Uh, Floyd Mayweather is in New York City right now, and he's promoting uh, a fight that he has coming up with some of his fighters. Okay. And he was on the New York City streets, and he was walking, and somebody stopped him and videotaped him and asked him um, his thoughts on McGregor and, and how people compare McGregor to Mayweather. And, and he basically said, you know, don't compare me to McGregor. Um, elephants don't beef with ants. Um, and, and said, basically, I'm an elephant. I don't see ants. And so they said, did you watch the fight? to Floyd Mayweather, and Floyd Mayweather said, uh, no, I didn't even watch the fight. So then the ball's back in McGregor's court, and somebody catches him walking down the street, and he basically said, oh, man, Floyd watched that fight. I know he did. And and tell him whatever he's got to say, say it to my face. Okay. And that pretty much started everything. And so people now are like, okay, these, these two have to fight. And it got to the point where McGregor was in, I believe, some after party after his fight or somewhere in a nightclub. And he said, look, I'll fight him. He says, matter of fact, I will fight Floyd under his own boxing rules and I will fight for $100 million. And now it it just exploded. I mean, people were texting me, oh, what do you think? You know, McGregor's going to knock Floyd out. And then it started on Twitter and it started getting out of control. I have some strong thoughts on this. I'm going to ask you your thoughts real quick, Glenn, and then I'm going to go off on a rant. Yeah. Well, I mean, I I, I I would assume you feel the same way as I do that it's a, dis, if it's a different discipline. You don't walk into somebody else's field and beat the greatest person of all time, arguably, in that field in your first time ever fighting on that level. Right. Um. You're not going to be able to to the the defense that you have to practice in in the UFC is drastically different from the defense that you would have to um, solve when fighting the greatest defensive fighter, perhaps of all time, right? And and Floyd Mayweather. I mean, it's just you know it's apples and oranges. I mean, it might not it might be apples and 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 cell phones. It could be. It, that's how different it is. It might not even be be be, be and I, comparing fruits. And I don't think people understand that, Glenn. I think I think for common they folks, they they think that oh, the two fight. Yeah, they so it's they the same think, thing. They think it's a street fight. So so like if somebody could beat somebody up in in, in a street fight, you'd be like, okay, well, okay, let's just agree to some rules, and you have to do similar things, and it'll be the the same. It's like if Conor, first of all, if Conor McGregor could succeed at boxing he would be a boxer yeah because boxing has way larger paydays at the the height that he is in his his sport so if he's a top three boxer he makes way more money than being a top three ufc fighter so if that's the case pick another boxer get you some get you some laps in you know what i'm saying <laughs> right fight, fight keith thurman fight 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 kovalev yeah. fight triple g yeah yeah, you you come at the, the at the best immediately. Right. I don't think you would make it to that level. You know, it's like like um, Mike Tyson punch out. You just don't start off with Mike Tyson. You, <laughs> you got you, you, you got to start off with Glass Joe. I struggled with Glass Joe. And then King Hippo was King, it? King Hippo. King Hippo had had had, his, had a mystery you had to solve. <laughs> I never beat Super Macho Man. Okay. Yeah. I I I couldn't get King Hippo. Occasionally I beat Glass. I'm not a big video game player. 
But you know they got that new that new NEF that fits in your hand. I saw that. That's amazing. That is that that the 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 world. I don't know if if this is a harbinger of things to come under the Trump administration. I'm I'm (laughs) all in. We're we're getting Nintendo handheld. We just didn't know America's getting greater. Well, here's here's my take. I've got a couple different things on this, and 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 I actually like McGregor. I've watched. Yeah, he's funny. Yeah, he 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 he. He can he can boost your purse just by talking. He, he's what he's what that sport I think uh, uh, needed in, in a certain way because there's a lot of people in the UFC that 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 talk trash and but it's not authentic. Whereas I feel like he, he's got the whole shtick down. Yeah, and, and some of which he's 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 taken from you know boxers to be honest with you. Oh no doubt, Floyd Ali and and, and he's seen that and watched that. But here here are a couple things that I have. You know, a, a guy that's given McGregor trouble. Is Diaz uh-huh. okay? Diaz has given him trouble, and Diaz actually sparred with Andre Ward, okay, almost eight times, and no one has actually seen, to my knowledge, no one's really put forth the video of that. But Andre Ward kind of spoke on his sparring match with Diaz, and okay. he said, you know, yeah, for for coming in the boxing ring and, and doing what I do for the first time, you know, he he was pretty good, but I I think he learned that this is a this is a different world. I think they they sparred maybe eight or so times and there were some people that were so I, I guess they're friends and you know they set this up yeah to, they're to doing work it out yeah they're, they're doing it in preparation for conor mcgregor whose primary fight style is is boxing as opposed to like brazilian jiu-jitsu or whatever right. discipline that, that everyone brings and, and and people that were there to, to to witness this sparring just just basically were like you know you know andre gave it to him as, as far as that was concerned so and, and this is a guy that will that's given Conor McGregor a lot of trouble. And Diaz is a really he's a straightforward fighter. Uh huh. And, and you know he likes to come. Yeah, straight, yeah. Straight he's not. Forward. Yeah, he's not evasive. That that. So the way he fights is completely op. So if you had success with Diaz boxing him in a UFC, that that would would have zero correlation to fighting. A fighter with Mayweather style, yeah, and with with Mayweather's ability to to get angles and and dip and dodge is just absolutely incredible. Here's the other piece, and I got to give a shout out to Cincinnati Fitness Boxing, a gym that I've been going to and, and doing boxing for. Gosh, I might be going on like seven years going there, so I do have a little bit of knowledge as far as actually participating in boxing and sparring. Uh, I've not done anything with UFC. I've, I've got friends that do MMA, and in total respect to those guys for just just understanding different disciplines. That's that's incredible. But one of the things that some of my friends that talk to me that that do the MMA stuff, the UFC, and then they they come to from the boxing is the difference in the gloves. Yeah, yeah. And I think that's one thing that McGregor would struggle with because you're not going to have that same speed. With the gloves that you'd wear in a boxing, yeah, ring. it's more padding, right? Like you're not gonna be able to knock yeah. somebody. Yeah, I mean, there's a big difference between wearing what they wear in the UFC and then putting on boxing gloves. And I think the other piece too is the the rings, and, and people really, I think they sleep on this, and and that is the the, the way the w- rings are constructed and how you how you use yeah maneuvering. Yeah, well, and and you're not worried about falling down and stuff like that. There, there's right. so many different considerations of where you're going to be hit at on your in on your body when you're boxing as opposed to UFC it's a it's a complete i would imagine um feel as far as like 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 where you're trying to cover up you're not used to primarily just covering up your you know 
your head and your body. Yeah. I would compare well, the difference it, it to um, Little Caesar's Pizza. Oh, don't bring that and back which up. In which you're, 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 only, you're only concerned with, with pepperoni and cheese. <laughs> while, while all these other places, it, 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 it's, it's dozens of options. Well, here, here's the other thing, too. Being that he's fighting Floyd, who is not a – Floyd's not trying to knock you out. Exactly. He's, he's trying to outpoint you. Outpoint you, and, and he's trying to not get hit. And the way the ring's set up, you know, Connor has not fought anybody that fights like that. So he would struggle with that. And then also, I think also, um, and just having watched Mayweather train in person um, in, in Vegas and watching him, I think the length of a boxing match opposed to yeah. the length of a UFC. Now, and obviously, they're different, you know, with UFC being just. Yeah, UFC you know, is, is, is probably. Is a lot more physical in the time for which a shorter you're, you're fighting. Span. Yeah, it's like a sprinter compared to a marathon. Right, and I th- I think you know once again that's that's in Mayweather. So I I think it's 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 if they go by the you know the box, there's just no doubt that Mayweather Mayweather wins. It's but, two different sports. It's two different pizzas. <laughs> well, and here's the thing, and 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 here's what I here's what I see happening, and I, this is let me say this. I hope this happens. Oh, no doubt. I want to see Floyd fight Pacquiao next okay and, I, and I'll tell you why I want tell me him, why I want him to fight Pacquiao <laughs> and I want McGregor sitting ringside and I want Floyd to win and I want the hype and the build-up for that McGregor fight to be through the roof because you talk us a Rocky Ford mess right now no doubt because I honestly <laughs> think you're bringing the two biggest people if he dies he dies in two of the <laughs> of the sports that you know you know there's a lot of people that that love boxing, not the same as it used to be, but a lot of those people that are diehard UFC, you know, fight fanatics that pack BW3s on Thursday night to watch these fights. They and they would go crazy to see this fight. And I honestly think if those two fought and it was built up, it it'd be one oh, of the biggest fights oh yeah, ever. It, it, it would if if Floyd wanted to fight two times next year and said he was going to A fight Pacquiao B fight McGregor, he can make, I don't know, close to a billion dollars. <laughs> it's crazy. I mean, how much do he make off of the the Pacquiao? Do he make two hundred million? Uh, close to about two hundred. Yeah. So I mean, he he could basically double that. He well, he could probably the, he could probably make a, a half a bill. The best part of that Pacquiao fight was after it was over. He did a lot of uh, post fight interviews. You know, he's got to do the the one where he's on the big stage and then he goes behind the the scenes and he and he does little interviews with with different stations and he did one that was there and i believe it was on i don't know if it was the hbo one or whatever but he was doing this interview and <laughs> and and so it's i mean it's got to be 2 hours after the fight and the guy interviewing him was was saying something and and floyd like reaches in his pocket and and this had nothing to do with what the guy was ax- asking uh uh mayweather about Mayweather reaches in his pocket and he and he just pulls out this check and then the guy like is looking at him and pack and then um, uh, Mayweather just hands it to him and the guy's like wait what is this and Mayweather's like oh that's the check from the fight yeah <laughs> dude's like wow he was like that is one of the most incredible things I've ever seen and <laughs> the payday from that pot, uh, from that fight and to, and to your point I think with these two fights uh, with with uh, with Pacquiao and with McGregor, I mean, it's just gonna it's gonna send him to another level, not only financially, but this is the beauty I think of Mayweather, in and just ha- just having 
been around him, mm-hmm. Mayweather, and, and, and talking to him, I, I just noticed the, the level in which he thinks. It's like he stepped away from the fight at 49-0 and on purpose. He, he stepped away, and it was like all strategic. And I loved how he just kept his name in the media, whether mm. it was good or bad. And, and when I've been around him, man, he's just like, you know, hey, good press, bad press. If they're talking about me, that's just, that's just more money that's going to be made. That's what Donald Trump said. And, and, and this, is, this is building right towards that. And the, I, I firmly believe we will see Mayweather fight again. Yeah, well, I mean, you gotta you gotta get to fifty. Like fifty and zero is such um, a a more beautiful number than forty nine and zero. Yeah, I mean that that's just I mean, and that's why I said he purposely did that. Well, I mean, you know, your your fight count is your fight count. You know what I'm saying? I mean, I mean, I mean, you're gonna get to you know after forty nine, you gotta get to fifty. It's not. Like, I mean, he could have fought. He could have fought somebody and got to fifty. Yeah, yeah, but I'm saying, saying I, I get it that keeping that out out there. But I'm saying that 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 wouldn't have if 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 he fights a generic person at fifty and then wants to fight McGregor at fifty one, that's not going to stop those those people from from forking yeah. over over the cash. But I do think if you have one fight left, you why not fight McGregor for the circus like atmosphere it would be with with the 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 money and the the showmanship ship that McGregor brings. Could you and, imagine those those pressers, the the, the, oh, the press just, conferences? It would just be bananas. Well, I mean, McGregor is is, is elevating himself into the pantheon of great sports talkers of all time. So he can, you know, he he he's, you know, Floyd is not really a a a all time great talker though. He he he's he's. In the running, I mean, he, he's but mainly it's just because he's had the the position for all these years as the top fighter, and it's just like yo, like like you could say whatever to to Floyd, but at the end of the day, Floyd ain't lost, and Floyd got more money than everybody, mm-hmm. so he don't really got to talk a whole bunch of uh, he don't got to be clever with it. It's just like at the end of the day, what you know, how much you got and how much I got, yeah. you know, what's your record, how many L's you take. And I ain't taking none. So, well, it's going to be interesting to see what happens and how they put this thing together. And uh, Dana White has made some comments recently. Uh, one of the comments, Dana White. And by the way, Dana White, when he first got involved in fighting, he was in boxing, and Dana White used to carry bags for guess what fighter? Floyd Mayweather. That's right. Well, he still is carrying his bag <laughs> financially. This is Dana White. Conor McGregor. If he touches you, you go to sleep. Floyd puts people to sleep too. That's with his fighting style, not his hands. That was Dana White. No, that's, that's nonsense. He, they're just trying to. They're just trying yeah, to build the hype. That's oh, all it is. Like, 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 like every time um, Conor McGregor. He, he, well, I didn't see. He didn't. You know, Nate Diaz was still, still, <laughs> right? Was still, still awake. Well, hey, let's let's move right on into our uh, our last segment here. And I want to bring up a uh, musical group, as we've done in the past. We've talked about MC Brains, Redhead Kingpin, Candyman, to name a few artists of the past. And I don't want to say they're one-hit wonders, Glenn. How dare you? But they're one-hit wonders. But I, They didn't have a second I, hit. <laughs> <laughs> or they, they thought they did. But with this group I want to bring up, <clears throat> excuse me, is a, um, I, I think one of the more interesting R&B groups of all times. <laughs> <laughs> That's a bold statement. 
They're called DRS. And DRS stands for Dirty Rotten Scoundrels. Keep in mind, this is an R&B group, folks. That's Rhythm and Blues. Yeah, taken from the the 80s movie Dirty Rotten Scoundrels. And not the Dirty Rotten Scoundrels associated with with J. Rue the Damager. No. Now, they were from uh, Sacramento, California, signed to Capitol Records in 1993. And they were actually found by a group, uh, which was a talent company called Rollwood Entertainment, that was under MC Hammer's label, so it was an MC Hammer affiliate. So technically, MC Hammer found Dirty Rotten Scoundrels. <laughs> well, they, it, and you know, his eye for talent was impeccable. <sighs> Two Big MC, remember Two Big MC? <laughs> yeah, yeah. What, what was the other guy's name? Ace Juice. Ace Juice. That was his brother, I believe. Was it? Yeah. Well, so DRS was so interesting because when you think of R and B and rhythm and blues, you, you you most of the time you think of of smooth, you know, characters that kind of have the, you know, the sexy vibe and all that. You know, obviously Jodeci and some others tried to change that perception a little bit, but Dirty Rotten Scoundrels was so far left, being they actually dressed like gang members from california like they were easy e or somebody yes and they would carry bats uh, <laughs> 40 bottles i mean it was just it was just insane so the the thought process to to actually think that this would go across well yeah in the r&b world was was bizarre so their first single glenn was called gangsta lean oh yeah this hit off the album gangsta lean the blueprint. <laughs> it was called the blueprint too. It was the blueprint. <laughs> yeah. So here, here's Gangsta Lean. Because they were they were gang banging. That's why I had to go so soon. This is the ultimate gang member funeral song. Yeah. Oh no, this was made for. So many people were dying in LA uh, that, that they actually—it was a marketing decision that that that, that, that we got we got to do this. Now, now keep in mind that song—it <laughs> peaked at number thirty-four. <laughs> it charted on the Billboard two hundred. That's how many people were were, were, were bloods and crips were dying at, at that time. Two point five million copies sold of that song, and two million YouTube views. Yeah, oh, man. That's insane. Well, that, that, that YouTube views that didn't even count because th- th- this would have been massive if had YouTube. YouTube didn't wasn't around till yeah, yeah, right, till right. two thousand two. So yeah, that that that's not a measure of its success by any means. And if and if you get a chance, go out there and please type in DRS Gangster Lean and watch the video. And trust me, you won't be disappointed. And um, one of the things about them was they they did not hide being. Gangsters. <laughs> that was the, that was the whole point. And the, Sacramento, like I didn't know Sacramento had had uh, you know, if you look at them, you say okay, they're they're from L.A., they're from from Compton, South right. Central, whatever. Perhaps even Oakland. I I don't know that, that people really associate because Sacramento is like north of um of San Francisco. Like I I didn't know people. You know, they were banging. Yeah, but I mean, what's well, the Marcus Cousins? That that's where where, where he, he's 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 getting that. <laughs> he's banging. So let me give you the name of some of the uh, members of the group. <laughs> the lead singer's name is Endo. We have weed reference. We have Pick. We have Jailbait. <laughs> what? <laughs> Deuce Deuce. And to round it off, Blunt. So so let me the Endo Pick Jailbait Deuce Deuce and Blunt. This is the R and B act. So Deuce folks. Deuce is a gun. 
<laughs> and Blunt and Endo are, are, are obvious marijuana references. Jailbait is a is a a too young for sex reference, <laughs> and, and 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 pick I can only assume is what you stab someone with in jail, or hopefully just something to straighten out your fro. Let let me read off the names from the 1993 <laughs> album Gangsta Lean. After the intro, second song of the album is called Mama Didn't Raise No Punk. That's right. It's a great way to start the album off. <laughs> you you got to let them know how you was raised. Uh, we have a song called Strip. We have a song called Scoundrels Get Lonely. <laughs> That's whack. And uh, the, the lead single, Gangster Lean, um, 44 Ways. We have a song called The N-Word With a Badge. <laughs> We have a song called Sickness. A song called Bonnie and Clyde, Glenn. Okay. The the, the predated um the the Tupac and the the Jay-Z Beyonce renditions. Yes. Uh they have a song called Doomy Baby, not to be confused with uh with the classic, Yeah, or, or or the Prince Doomy Baby. True. A song called Trust Me. Um and one of my favorite tracks, Make It Rough. <laughs> they have uh, Gangster Lean, the Gangstapella okay. version, and to close out the album, Jack Move. And and Gangster Lean, like I didn't know that that meant when you were dead. I thought that was that was when you you're, you're in your car hitting you know hitting switches and, and leaning. But but no, apparently apparently that means you're um <laughs> you're, you're um in the casket. Well, hey, Glenn, I think we've got a great episode here. Yeah, we, we, we've covered a lot. We covered uh, the election. Let's see, we covered McGregor Mayweather, Tribe Called Quest, Saturday Night Live, Dirty Rotten Scoundrels. I think we're giving the people uh, a lot of knowledge here. We do what we can. It's, it's a different era. Yeah, next uh, next episode we'll be back with a uh, – we'll do a little college basketball. We'll bring the donut challenge back. We'll get uh, one of the walk-ons to come. I think that would be a good way to get them back in talking about college basketball. Yeah, yeah. Um, bring that walk, uh, walk-ons against the world segment back. I have no further comments, Glenn. Hey, shut it down, man. I'm out. And don't forget to vote, people. <laughs>